You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. Good morning and welcome back to Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I'd like to give a shout out to our show sponsor, Denim Marketing. Denim Marketing is the market leader in quality content for social media, public relations, marketing campaigns, and blogging. Today, I am pleased to welcome our next legends of real estate to the show. We are fortunate to be joined by the husband and wife team of Ann and Alan Richardson. So welcome to the show, Ann and Alan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, very glad you're here. Well, Ann is the director and Alan is the chairman of the board, and they're both still a little bit involved with Richardson Housing Group. So um, this is going to be a really exciting show. Let's just kick it off. Alan, do you want to share how you got into the home building and land development business? Well, in 1973, which has almost been 50 years ago, um, my father and I started the business he had recently sold a business, and I guess I had the, a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit in me. So um, we started what was then Richardson Housing, oh, excuse me, Richardson Homes, and oh, later we changed it to Richardson Housing Group. Um, I also had um, a couple of uncles that were involved in the business. One was in residential real estate and involved with some construction and I had another uncle that was the general contractor and I worked for both of them uh, off and on through through college and um, and I just always had a fascination for the for the housing industry and um, that's that's where I am today so it's a neat story so so today I guess Richardson Housing Group is really a third generation company at this point I guess you could really call it that yes yes yeah well, talk a little bit about, um, you know, launching it and what did it look like when you launched Richardson Housing Group? Well, it was very basic. One of the first things we did, and I think we tried to continue, for, is to build relationships. We build relationships, try to build relationships with our subcontractors, trade partners, with our bankers with our employees um, and we've been very fortunate to have a lot of long-term subcontractors that have been with us and employees we have a lady that's been with us now 41 years and uh, she's uh, she's now working part-time she's uh, she's been a very very helpful to us with uh, with our children that have joined the company she's been very supportive of that uh, so we've been very fortunate to have good people, mm-hmm. and and I hope that you know some of that is because we try to treat people right. Yeah, you know? forty-one years is a great track record for them. Uh, <laughs> you don't hear that much, do you? No, not at all. You know, you'll hear yeah. fifteen, twenty, but I don't know that I've ever heard forty or forty-one. Yeah, uh, she's now working part time. I think she works two days a week. So. Which is fine. I mean, she's she's got a place there, and she, you know, she she knows she knows a whole lot of things where, where things are. Let's put it that way. Oh, absolutely. So, wow. Well, talk about the homes you built that first year and what styles you know they were. Well, your typical 
split levels, two stories, and ranch plans. Um, we didn't really know a whole lot about targeting market, or maybe we did and just didn't know what it was called. But um, we learned early on that, you know, if, that the young people were buying the, the split four years, the split levels, and the, you know, middle-aged people, which are young people now, um, are, were buying the ranch plans. And uh, so we did start to learn a little bit about what we needed to do to target the markets. Yeah. And speak a little bit to how, you know, housing was, you know, building was different in the 70s and 80s than it was today. What all was different? Well, there was a whole lot different. We basically uh, chose our plans and really chose all the interior selections. And later on, we opened our design center. But to begin with, we, we basically did everything for the house. They didn't really get choices. So homes back then were more functional than they are now. Um, there, If it didn't have a function, it didn't go in the house. <laughs> so um, that was a lot. And, and the, the homes we were building were smaller homes. And as Mark Allen said, they were for smaller families. And it did. We didn't get into the uh, amenities until later. We realized, you know, as we developed communities, that they did need amenities. Uh, families enjoyed them, and so we kind of went in that direction at that time. I didn't say this, but uh, Anne was Anne joined a company in in eighty two, I think. But she was there from day one. She was part of spreading the bills out on the kitchen table and paying bills. And uh, so she she was very familiar with what was going on then. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talk about the housing downturn in 1974 and 1975. I imagine we have a number of listeners who really don't understand what that was like. So. Yeah, share your knowledge. <laughs> well, the we started the business in '73 and we got everything all put in place, but we didn't we didn't factor that into the equation. It was it was a it was a very concerning time. Um, interest rates had jumped up to nine and ten percent. Um, Georgia had a usury initially had a usury ceiling uh, of eight percent. So there was no mortgage money coming to Georgia. It was going where they could where they could get the, the price. And we worked with the state legislature and uh, got it raised the next year, one year there, and we raised they raised it to nine percent. And then ultimately they went to a floating rate, which you know it's like a lot of regulations. It just had unintended consequences. It was uh, it was scary. One of the big things I do recall is we had construction loans with a lender that filed bankruptcy. Um, you know, we were counting on draws on Friday and on Wednesday. We were told that there would not be, which uh, was you know that was just another uh, another arrow that we shot. However. We turned that in. We, we really turned that into a positive. Uh, at the end, uh, we had banks from Florida and I believe Maryland that had 
not only our stuff, but other stuff that they had foreclosed on. And we developed a relationship with both of them. And uh, we finished up some houses during that time, got some, you know, got them to the closing tape. You know, it's, that's just, I mean, it's just, it was a, it, it made for some interesting times. And then yeah. in 76, 77, we had developed, we, we had some pretty strong banking relationships then. We picked up several properties and we started, that's when we started developing. Uh, and we were developing on land that had been foreclosed during that period. So. Yeah. I guess it's, you know, not that different than today. You know, anytime you have some sort of roadblock, you you find out, you know, how to kind of engineer around it and what opportunities are out there and figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. So actually, you know, when I do these legends interviews, I always think, wow, you know, 10% interest rates. And I think we've heard even higher from some of our guests. And oh. I'm like, I, I feel like you guys should be out there really teaching you know, these the builders and salespeople how to how to sell today and you know, oh my gosh, six percent. Because six percent sounds so low compared to 10, you know, or 17. Well, I think the top, the highest one we ever closed was a 17% mortgage. Mm-hmm. And uh that was when um rates rates hit 21, 21, wow. 22 at one point. So and I'm not That's sure mortgage cool. rates went that high, but uh, but and then then they would stack on the discount points, which just yeah. you know you know was a killer. Right. Wow. That's just crazy. I can't imagine selling in seventeen percent. Think about it now, and everybody's fussing about six percent, <laughs> you know, five and a half, six percent. But. Um, and I remember telling people back then that they would never, we, we, we would never see single digits again. Right. What's well, like free money, really? Yeah. You know, and we've had free money for the last few years. Yeah. You know, when you hit 2.78 or 2%, you know, it's just, it's negligible. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think we've gotten a little spoiled. So yeah, I think that's true. Uh, interesting perspective. It's like, you know, you're borrowing yeah. money from them. You're borrowing a lot of money from them. Don't they have the right to make some money, right? Anyway, well, like everything else, uh, technology has evolved since 1973. Um, you know, and speak a little bit about how technology has evolved in the home building business since then. Well, it's it's just come on 100% from where we were. Back years ago, we had no communications from the office to the field. And really, technology, you know, our office wasn't filled with computers. We had typewriters and adding machines before the laptops and all of that came on board. Uh, but communication was kind of a, a problem to communicate to the fields. Of course, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't even have voicemail. So we had a receptionist at the front office, and she would she had a little tablet, and she would write out the messages and pass them out, which that's just hard to even imagine today that going on in an office, but technology has really brought us light years. Well, you think about it. I can remember in my first jobs, you know, they would write it out on a piece of paper and they would tear it off because they would have the duplicate copy that they kept. And then they put that on your desk. Right. Right. And and then we all had pagers. Those are the most annoying things known to man, but at least we could communicate. Right. Mm -hmm. So you'd get paged and you'd have to go find a phone. So, so it is kind of, 
interesting and fun to see how technology advanced from, you know, I guess just the telephone to the fax machine, to the pager, to email, to, you know, our, our smartphones. Um, the next tells were the most annoying thing. It, it was hilarious to go out to eat or anywhere else and the, the little beeps that would go on. Yeah. And, um, but that was that was a great help for the subcontractors because they really could communicate. Right. And that, that was a good thing. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, Alan, I, yeah, as I say, Alan, talk a little bit about how you scheduled your subs then compared to now. Well, yeah, I was, uh, scheduling subs was an interesting interesting in itself because there were no, as you said, there were no cell phones or emails or anything like that. Uh, and we would have to schedule them at nights when when they got off work, and you had to learn, you know, which ones you call in the morning and which ones you call at night. And if you had ten, eight or ten phone calls, you had to make at night. I mean, you were going to spend there. You were going to be there a while mm-hmm. working on that. And and we would also try to find out where they where else they were working. Where are they working right now? And we try to you know, the different builders they work for. So that if we had to track somebody down or if we needed them during the day or we need we could we could at least get in their vehicle and and go get, uh, get them. Go get them, find them. <laughs> so funny, so, yeah. So. As opposed to today, nobody really seems to want to meet in person anymore. Everything's Zoom. Oh uh, every, everybody's on Zoom or or uh emails or mm-hmm. text messages or something. You know, one of the interesting things, we were back when uh, the fax machines came out. Uh, we had sold a house to a guy that worked for one of the fax machine uh, manufacturers. He wanted to demo it for me. <laughs> and he brought it in and showed me, you know, of course, it had the roll of wet paper that came. And uh, he, you know, he set up and set his equipment up and showed it. And I said, man, that is neat. That is really neat. And I said, I don't know a single person that has one of these. And I mean, it wasn't long before he got a call back from us and said, we know some people now. <laughs> right. We need one. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. My first job, um, you know, there really wasn't, there wasn't any email. So I would stand in front of a fax machine and fax reporters all day long. Mm-hmm. That's right. Literally. It's crazy. So it's amazing how much more we can get done now because you know you're not sitting mm-hmm. there doing things. Yeah, with the courier, courier, courier. Service, courier mm-hmm. services that took documents back and forth to banks and lenders and, yeah. and, uh, and attorneys. That's um, right. When we would have closings, we would courier the closing pa- papers and documents over to the attorney and they would courier them back. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Crafting the perfect marketing strategy is like constructing the perfect pair of jeans. You need all the right components and expertise. Unlike trying on a dressing room full of jeans, Denim Marketing makes the process painless and easy. Denim Marketing is the market leader in creating quality original content for home builders, developers, remodelers, and others in the industry. Call 770-383-383. 3360 or email carol at denimmarketing.com to find out how denim marketing can be a comfortable fit for your social media, public relations, marketing campaigns, email marketing, blogs, and other marketing needs. Well, Anne, when you joined the company in the 80s, you know, what was your role and how did that evolve over time? 
Well, I really, my, my big interest was in the marketing. And um, so I uh, joined in that aspect and really I immediately joined the sales and marketing council and um, worked on my MIRM and got my MIRM designation. But uh, I was just fascinated with things we could do to make people seek us out and and market those homes to those people. You know, we were marketing to young families. So we always put a baby bed in our in our model and things like that we take for granted now. But we had to think through all of that. What who was our buyer and what what did they need to see in that model? Right. And um, I set up our first design center where up until that time, we basically just chose the selections for the homes. They were standard features. Mm -hmm. And uh, once we opened the design center, then we would bring the buyers and I would work with them in in making all their selections. So we kind of built a rapport with them at that time too, because everybody loved to come in and hold and build and touch the, the components of their homes. So that was a, a big thing. Uh, and we did more model homes, mm-hmm. did one in each community. And then that kind of led us also to, since we were marketing the families, we began to put into a lot of the amenities into our communities with swim and tennis. And so one thing led to another um, in that aspect. It's interesting that you say, you know, you put a baby bed in every model. I think now it's the dog bed, the dog bowl, the dog bed. So I actually, I just wrote down, you know, from baby bed to dog bed. I'm like, that could be an interesting blog, you know, (laughs) it's it's an interesting topic. You think of, you know, how people's, you know, priorities have changed with, you know, young couples having kids later and later, you know, the dog is seemingly more the priority than the baby. So Absolutely. And then that time comes right back. Because our our kids were grown and and we really are vested into our pups. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, um, talk about the areas of town that you built in, and um, how many homes have you built to date? Well, we I think I think a couple of years ago we we crossed the five thousand home mark, and most everything we have done has been in Gwinnett County. Areas that we chose, I mean, you know, schools were always a big factor in choosing. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we've had, you know, we, we're comfortable. We were, we are comfortable in operating in Gwinnett. We know, the, you know, know the, feel like we know the market. We know, uh, you know, know a lot of people. We've tried to be a part of the community here. So, you know, Gwinnett's home for us. Gwinnett is home. Yeah. So. Oh, that's neat. We raised our kids here, and um, the schools were the big draw for us when we moved into Gwinnett. So we just kind of chose the communities around the, the school systems. Yeah, yeah, and I imagine that was, uh, as I was say, my next question is, what's the driving force behind choosing a site for a subdivision? Part of that, I'm sure, is schools, but what else goes into that? Absolutely. Well, I mean, the, your question was, what else goes into mm-hmm. that? I mean, it's, you know, the infrastructure, you know, has it got sewer, is it septic tank, you know, it's, uh, and certainly it's a lot easier to develop property on sewer when you take some of the guesswork out of it. But we built a lot of subdivisions on septic tanks mm-hmm. uh, early on. So, yeah, you know, the infrastructure that, you know, the car, if you've got a lot of off-site work or things like that, that, you know, bringing sewer to it, those, those add costs to a project. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, and we do a lot of, of smaller projects now, more infill stuff. And, and if you don't have all the infrastructure there, I mean, there's just not enough lots in there sometimes to divide that, that offsite cost over. So. Right. So I, I think that I see a Community of the Year award behind you. Is that uh, what that is? That's not it. Yeah. That was something yeah. I received from Builders Insurance. Oh, that's from Builders Insurance. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was an OB and that was a Community of the Year. We, or... We've received several of I knew that you have. OBs really mm-hmm. um, for different things over the years. And yeah. that's been quite an honor. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, it's, it's always nice to um, get awards and to be honored for the things that you've done. Well, talk a little bit about your your children at the helm of Richardson Housing Group now. You know, what is it like watching your legacy, you know, in action? It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you take it from there, Alan. <laughs> well, Mark, Mark committed. I mean, Mark always said that's what he wanted to do. I mean, even from a little kid and he followed through and after college, he joined us. So he's, he's been, he's 45 years old now. So he's, he's been around, been in the business now 20 years. And uh, he's, he's really done a very good job. Uh, Angie joined us about three years ago. She was teaching school. We needed some accounting help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I knew she was she was she's very strong with computers and stuff. So she joined and she's really taken and she's taken that product that own and she really owns that department now. So and that's that's been great. So I couldn't have planned we couldn't have planned it any better. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure we totally planned it, but uh, it worked out in the end, huh? Really well, so. it really did. They're a joy to work with, but they're also really responsible and and they really own it so that from the very beginning they owned their positions and uh, have worked hard in them and we really we appreciate it so much yeah well and that's nice I mean I'm sure you're very proud of both of them as well that you know that they've got the skill set to run it and do it and been able you know you've been able to take a step back and really just watch them and you know steer and supervise as needed yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I, we stay pretty close to it, but uh, but but they they run they they run into day to day. that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, talk a little bit about your involvement with the Greater Atlanta Home Builders Association. I'm pretty sure you served as president in 1984. And yes, and, and then also was president of the state association. There again, um, it was it was about. I built a lot. I made a lot of friends there, built a, a lot of relationships, uh, and it that evolved. And you know, I mean, relationships that that are that are still there today, and it helped us as we were younger and meeting people and 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 talking to them and, and you know, getting their take on you know, the issues and the problems we face. Uh, and it was, it was, it was an experience. It was a great experience. And, you know, we felt like that, you know, just like we try to be a part of the community in Gwinnett, uh, we try to be a part of the building community. Mm-hmm. We, we always were. We, we attended all the conventions and 
um, there was just a wealth of information uh, when you got with these people. You know, they had tried things and you would just go to dinner and share stories. And we always gained a lot from all of the meetings and um, everything we attended. Yeah, I think that's the thing a lot. Go ahead. We've taken a step back, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and and to me, you know, the National Association of Home Builders and our local and our state, I think the thing that a lot of people who don't participate don't realize is you really are missing those networking opportunities. It's not just a chance to meet somebody, but it's a chance to compare ways to do things and processes and systems and to learn from each other. So, I mean, I learn every, you know, something every time I go to one of those conferences. So, well. I'm going to ask you both individually because this is kind of a fun question, but Anne, what has been the most rewarding part of your career? I guess, I mean, the the probably the most rewarding part is seeing our children come into it. Mm-hmm. But I have loved and enjoyed doing the model homes, working with the agents, working with the buyers. Everyone is different. It's so much fun and you just build relationships along the way. And I guess that's that's what I personally enjoy the most. Yeah. All right, Alan, same question. What's been the re- most rewarding part for you? Well, I mean, it's certainly back to seeing our children take the, take the helm of the, and, and running the company. And it's given me time. Of course, I work very closely with Mark. And, uh, and over the last three or four years, I've worked very closely with Angie. And, uh, and she's taken over the accounting part of the company. So it, it, it's, it's been rewarding. That's a very rewarding thing. I mean, I enjoy working with, with homeowners a lot and, you know, planning things and you know, hearing their stories and things. But, but this, that didn't compare to what, what, <laughs> no. what, um, what I've gotten out of, you know, the children coming into the business. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, it's a good segue. What advice do you have for young people looking to get into the building industry today? Boy, that is a tough, <gasps> tough. The I would say that it would be much more difficult for them to break into the business than it was for us. We were, you know, the, the builders in Atlanta in the 70s and 80s were, you know, mostly homegrown. Um, and they were um, small builders uh, operating. Today, you've got all these national companies, you know, mm-hmm. made, you know, with with a, a lot of big bucks. I would say that the, the and I, I'm astounded every day at how much capital it takes to operate a business, and 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 that's that's changed so much over the years. I would probably suggest that somebody go to work for, you know, a local or, you know, somebody that uh, maybe a national, uh, I don't know, but they're going to have to be well capitalized. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a tough, that's tough to build that capital, you know, without, without involving partners or bringing people into it and investors. But um, it's, it's going to be harder for somebody to break in than it was for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share? No, I can't think of anything. 
well. <laughs> Covered it all. All right. Well, then I am going to ask how our listeners can get more information on you. Where can they go if they want to find out more about Richardson Housing Group? Okay. Well, the very best place they can go is to our website. It's rhghomes.com. And we just have a wealth of information on there. We have floor plans, communities, directions to all the communities, uh, agent hours, and um, they can just go through there and see some of our photos of the homes we've built and the plans. And I think they could pretty much find anything they want through our website. Perfect. So rhghomes.com. Correct. Excellent. Well, I am going to say that as a wrap for this week's Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. I want to thank Anne and Alan Richardson for joining me in studio today. It has been fantastic to learn about your legacy and, you know, passing the torch to Mark and Angie and 5,000 homes. And I still like the from from baby bed to dog bed. I think that's kind of funny to see that kind of summarizes where we've been from the 70s to where we are today and, you know, 2022. But thank you for everything you've both done for the housing industry over the years and your contributions to Greater Atlanta and the state. It's much appreciated. You know, you all set the foundation for everything we're doing today. And, uh, you know, we can't discount that. You know, Atlanta is a very strong building market. And it's thanks to all of you guys who started in the 70s and 80s and did it right. So thank you for that. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate everything you've done. So Thank you. Well, on behalf of our show sponsor, Denim Marketing, I'm your host, Carol Morgan. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and give us a positive rating and review. Um, You can follow us on Facebook for more Metro Atlanta housing news. You can also follow us via our newsletter at atlantarealestateforum.com. You can go there and subscribe. If you're interested in being on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio, shoot me an email, carol at denimmarketing.com. And with that, I look forward to seeing everybody right here for our next episode. Today's episode was made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite real estate blog, and source for real estate news, trends, new home communities, model homes, builders, and more. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, Contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your podcast or iTunes app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show.